Welcome to the Hidden Entrepreneur Show. My name is Josh Carey. You want in on a little secret? I was in hiding for 40 years. Yeah, I was hiding every part of myself in every situation. And I can tell you one thing, hiding sucks. I'm now on a mission to help extraordinary people like yourself rediscover the world around you, connect beautifully with others, and excel tremendously in all you set out to do. Join in. It's The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. Hey guys, the episode you're about to hear was recorded live at the Real Estate Hackers Conference in beautiful Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Podmax was there and we gave the attendees the chance to sit down with me for a bit and share their story. Hope you enjoy. Hey everybody, this is Rachel Sparrow here at the Real Estate Hackers Conference. I'm with my new friend, Liz Guthridge. Liz, I feel like we... I don't know. I feel like I've known you longer than just a couple of days. I know. It feels like forever. You're my new BFF. (laughs) So I met Liz yesterday. She's a great energy about her. This is just audio. You can't see her, but she has a giant, shiny yellow shirt on that's just shining as bright as her personality. And uh, Liz, you are the founder of a financial wellness agency. I love that. Financial wellness. Yes. You got to put the two together. Yes. Because you can't have one without the other. Yes. And the name of your company is? My name of my company is EAG Credit Solutions. I love it. So when did you start EAG Credit Solutions? Well, I started in 2018. And I have been doing this for my family and friends and, um, and for years. My background is human resources. Mm. And so that is where the interest, I do believe, uh, formed because I had a front row seat to see how employees were suffering when their finances weren't in order. Yeah. I feel like human resources, I'm sure you're, you're providing therapy, you're, you're really getting into people's personalities exactly. and how that helps you in every aspect of what you do. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So um, is that how this financial uh, wellness kind of, you had to have the, the two together? Because you know there's not just one piece of the story, no, right? No, no, not at all. Not at all. And so I had been uh, working for, uh, in human resources for about, 25 years, and 14 of those years I was working um, in a judicial setting oh, okay, um, cool. for the Court of Common Pleas. And um, so people would come to me and they would talk about what was going on, and then I would just pick up little cues to, to see, you know, how can I help them? So in 2018, I went to a seminar in Philadelphia, University of, of Penn at Bridges to Wealth, and I was so impressed. And I said, this is where I need to be. Oh, so this is like an aha moment for you, eye-opener. It was. I was so excited. And then, um, so I met uh, a young lady, and I believe she was in um, Texas. And uh, she said, well, this is a great business. It's an online business. And did you have to advertise online? And uh, you talk to people online. And and so it moved from an online business to a community business. And uh, so I just got really excited. Excited. And so this happened right before the pandemic. Oh my gosh, what perfect timing. 
Yes, exactly. I feel like there are no coincidences. I I agree. I agree. That's what you were supposed to be doing. I agree. And I was very patient during the pandemic. And people still needed help during the pandemic. As a matter of fact, the pandemic, as you know, caused a lot of financial distress. Absolutely. And so although I didn't do a lot of one-on-one because I was not about to... Uh, go into people's homes. I weren't about to meet in person. No, nobody um, was. R- exactly. So, but that was a great time for me to do uh, small workshops. And I worked with this organization in Harrisburg and um, and they, uh, their premise was uh, focus on the eight uh, factors of wellness. Um, oh, okay. Mental health, physical health, social health, financial health, et cetera, et cetera. And I would come in and do the financial piece. Oh, and great. so that was great. That was really, really great. And talking about no coincidences, uh, one of my um, reviews or, or evaluation responses was that uh, a gentleman said, I had to think about why am I here? This doesn't even sound like a financial literacy workshop. And, um, and I designed my workshops to be that way simply because financial wellness is not about just uh, checking and your banking and making sure your bill's on time. There's a whole wide array of topics that goes into financial wellness. And uh, and he said to me, oh, my God, not another financial literacy workshop. And you're like, nope, you've never met me before. Exactly. So, you know, that just encouraged me. Yeah. So uh, when I saw that this conference is, is happening again, I'm like, uh-oh, here I am. I'm back at it. So here I am. I'm back at it. I'm more enthused. And I'm just, I, I'm, I'm grateful that I'm able to bring this type of education and help the people in my community. And um, I serve 50 states, so, but I do like the local work. I just love looking in people's eyes and say, you know what, I can do this. Yeah. I mean, this has really been a special event because it is, many people Many people I've talked to have said, this is the first time I've ventured out of, you know, maybe just my neighborhood, but we're here, we're looking at people's full faces eye contact yes. and uh, you really get to pe- feel people's energy in a different way. And Absolutely. I feel like they open up maybe a little bit more than they would on a Zoom or, but I don't think Zoom's going away. That's a great thing. But, it's not, but, but Zoom was a lifesaver. Now don't, don't discount Zoom. Oh, I know it. Zoom I know it. was a lifesaver. And although we couldn't touch, uh, we couldn't, um, you know, exchange documents, but the nice thing about Zoom is because we were all in this thing together and I acquired several good friends I still never met yet and I I feel like you I feel like they're my new BFF and I'm like we got to meet so we can claim that we're best friends oh my gosh I know (laughs) and then you meet you're like "Uh, it's just it's just weird exactly I love it I love it yeah I agree I don't think it's going away but we have to have a hybrid and a balance and exactly it's nice just to be in community and what happened um in that situation to me now that we're almost back because I don't you know quite know it opened up another world for us or different options mm. that people who don't want to come face to face, they don't have to, but you can see that I am a real person. Yes. I'm a real person with real needs and real love for my community. I'm a grandma and I am a plant enthusiast. Are you? Yes. Okay. So do you have yes. a garden? Do you have a specific type of plant that you I have, are drawn um, towards? house plants. Okay. And a friend of mine said, Liz, oh my God, they're going to need their own one bedroom apartment. <laughs> that's how, that's how 
big and beautiful and luxurious they they really really are um so and i do i i don't know if that garden is going to last the rabbits this year oh my gosh they're pretty fat peppermint spray they need something Mm, bb guns i'll I'll try (laughs) (laughs) maybe not i don't want peter to come after me (laughs) but yeah exactly um but yes I, i i like flowers more than i like vegetables vegetables seem to be hard for me but i i have several gardens around the house um, and, and I just absolutely love them. So, um, well, I think that's a testament to your personality in general, right? You pour into people yes. to grow them up absolutely. so they can shine. Absolutely. Just like your flowers. And people are so amazed when they see them. And I said, I am nothing special. It's just that during this pandemic, I've been home for working from home for two years. And my house has been from 70 to 74 for two years. That's a constant for your plants. Mm-hmm. And they've heard music, they've, you know, and I, they've just been attentive. You're talking to them. Yeah, there, there is a that is a thing. Yes, and that is a thing. That's with a science. People, That's a with science. People too. I agree. Right? I agree. You pour into them. You talk positively. You give them encouragement. Yep. So you're you're growing actual flowers, and Absolutely. then your people that you are growing, growing as up. well. That's correct, and that is the name of the game. And then you know what? And it does fit my personality. And even when I was going to the uh, the workshops during the pandemic, they were small workshops. We were following the CDC mm-hmm. guidelines. And um, I said, okay, guys, you're going to think I'm a little weird, but I'm a plant mommy. And every last one of my plants have names. Well, then that's why. That's <laughs> the difference. That is the difference. They all have names. I love it. Yeah, they all have names. And they're all named based on their, um, if I got it from a funeral, somebody gave it to me for graduation. And so, but anyway, so, but this type of activity kind of fits well with my financial literacy background and my human resources. So uh, my, th- those type things work, they, they work well for me um, because I do like to see the growth and I do like to nurture uh, people. And in this business, you really have to be a nurturer. Absolutely. Because there are, there are a lot of people that do what you do, but there's only one list. Absolutely. And the way that you, see, and I have gathered this in a short amount of time, the way that you seem to really take that extra step, that extra nurture, that extra bit of care, I think really makes the difference for people. Correct. And I, and I believe that. And also, I won't take every type of customer. I don't oh, know okay. if that's a good thing so to who, say who, or not. No, no, no. That's that, My that's customers honest. are people who care about their situation, care about the community, um, people who don't want to build their credit to buy stuff. Mm-hmm. If you want to mm-hmm. build your credit to to uh, increase your wealth, to create generational wealth, to help your community, to get yourself out of whatever bad financial situation you're in, those are my clients. So you're helping people on both sides, maybe younger kids who are kids, um, but who are just starting out. Absolutely. In their careers. And um, those who've made mistakes. And those who've made mistakes. Absolutely. And I love helping the ones who had not uh, developed credit yet, because I want to tell them some things. Like, don't... <laughs> got something to tell them. Don't sign your name to anybody else's car or item because when they walk away that's stuck that's stuck on you there's some things that they need to know they need to know that savings is very important they need to know to spend within their means Mm. and they need to know that entrepreneurship is a good thing to have yes 
Because say that it, again. Entrepreneurship is good to, to a skill, a, a, a hustle. Yes, that's good to have. Because what if our economic system fails? Hmm. Will you have maybe like in 2020? Or we 20, all experience exactly. That? So, do you have a skill that you could barter? Can your family make it? Is somebody in your family is a, a carpenter that can work for food? We got to just be, we got to be real about this. We have to look at the economic um, uh, system in the future. Is it going to be digital? I don't even teach um, uh, having a checking account because kids have ac instant access to it. No one, a few, let's say a few, people write checks anymore. So I don't even I don't even teach that. No, it's it's. We talk about digital. We talk about online. We talk. Yes, that's instant, but there's ways to manage it. And these kids are so good at it. They save online. They they have automatic deposit. They some of them never ever touch green or coin. It's wild. It's changing. It really is. So that's all financial literacy. So, so the, the kids maybe just getting into college or even in high school um, that are really being proactive, they really should work with you because you could save them from some pretty big mistakes that maybe they just don't have the life skills yet to even think about. Exactly. Even those who are going to college. So um, if your family cannot afford uh, college, just consider going to a state school with a job study program. And you can come out perhaps with very, very, very little student loan and then go to that four-year if you need that. But everybody don't need a college degree. No. Some of, some of, we need to teach some of our children that we need carpenters. We need people that can build homes. We need engineers. We need uh, people to help with the, the rebuilding of our bridges. Absolutely. Our current uh, administration is talking about structural um, uh, 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 rebuilding. Get our kids into those classes so they can be a part of this, this restructuring of our country. Mm -hmm. So, again, that's financial literacy. Absolutely. Those are things that we should, we should be teaching the kids. And when you go to college, you know, there's so many applications everywhere for them to get credit cards. That's the worst time in their lives to have credit cards. Worst. Buying everything's shiny. Oh, come on. Everything's on me, guys. And Buying then, pizza and mm -hmm. alcohol with your new credit, it's not a good thing. Not a good idea. Right. So, no. So. And then on the flip side, you really help the people that maybe who have made some mistakes and, and just don't know what to do. That's correct. It's not the end for no, those people. A lot not. of people feel helpless, I would imagine. That's true. And we, we all, and I say this all the time. Credit is not one of those things that you should use lightly. It is something that it should be leveraged. If you can't afford it, you should not be using your credit to purchase it. If you can't afford it and you use your credit to purchase it and it brings you money, then that's called leveraging. You can use credit to, to leverage to buy an asset, but to use credit to buy a Gucci belt or a pair of fancy shoes. It's just not a good, I mean, we can treat ourselves, but we're talking about those of us who are, in, who are not in a financial situation to, should be doing these type things, especially right. if you're trying to rebuild your credit. Right. So I help both sides. Um, and the ones who make mistakes, those are a lot harder. 
to get, you know, delinquent school loans off your credit report, doctor's bills, those are a little harder. So if you understand this before you acquire credit, save yourself a whole lot of money. Yeah, and a lot of heartache and headache and stress, I would imagine. And embarrassment. Yeah. So where can people find you? Okay, so people can find me. They can go online, www.eagcreditsolutions.com. I'm on Facebook and I'm on Instagram. And I was just talking to a young fella and I will be on TikTok soon. <gasps> do it. I know. I know. Everyone's I know. doing it. I, I know. know. I don't really do it either. But but you have to touch. You got to go where people are. And that is where your market is. And that's where my market is. Yes. So you have to go where people are. So they can find me by uh, um, going online and looking up EAG Credit Solutions. Or they can um, email me at Liz at EAG Credit Solutions. Liz. And officially, Elizabeth Guthridge, which yes. EAG, that's where that comes from. Yes. It has been an absolute pleasure. I wish you all the success. And you know what? I just love that you are such a carer. You thank really, you. you really care about the people that you help. And that, that comes across. Thank so, you. Thank you for taking the time to chat it. with me. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, look up EAG Credit Solutions and you got to talk to Liz. Yes. Thank you. Thank you thank very you. much for having me. How much are you loving this episode? Wouldn't you like to be a guest on shows just like this one? Sharing your story, creating awareness for what you do. Now you can reach more people and grow your business through podcast guest appearances. Gaining fans, generating interest, and finding new clients just by having conversations with the right people. Wondering where to start? PodMax Talent. PodMax Talent is your concierge booking agency for all of your podcast guest appearances. We do all the heavy lifting to fill your calendar by securing you guest spots on the most relevant podcasts in your industry. PodMax Talent is your path to getting your message out so you can start spending time, effort, and energy on the parts of your business that you love. Visit podmaxtalent.com to schedule your discovery call and get a preview of a list of the shows that are right for you. Podmax Talent, have a great show. This is Rachel Sparrow, and we are at the Real Estate Hackers Convention and Conference, and I have the pro pleasure and privilege of sitting down with Joel Kraut. Hi, Joel. How are you? Good morning. You're very kind. Thank Good you. Good morning. Thanks so for having us. Thank you for sitting down and chatting with me. So tell me a little bit, your your company business name is Burr Loans. Am I pronouncing that correct? Yes, absolutely. Thank I you. I love it. I'm sure you get a lot of questions about Burr Loans, where so, that name came from. I was in the business as a private lender for a long time. I went through the explosion in the fix and flip market. When I started out, I was called a hard money lender back in 2008 through 10. And somewhere between 2012 and 14, this concept fix and flip sort of became a name for what we were all doing. And we morphed from being hard money lenders into fix and flip lenders. And it's stuck and it still is there. Everyone in the room here, all the investors that are listening to other people speak, all know what a fix and flip loan is. And everyone who watches HGTV Absolutely, yes. knows what a fix and flip. Absolutely. Okay. So along the same lines, the acronym BRRRR, which stands for buy, renovate, rent, refinance, and repeat. So you can take all of your money back out of the property 
started coming about a few years ago. And of course, you know, based on my experience, I started thinking, why not? Why not be Kleenex? Why not be Coca-Cola? If you want to burr alone and you want to be in the burr business, why not go to the burr loans guys? And have the burr loan name. So we went back it up. We went about it. We hired a lawyer. That's great. Uh, we worked with a lot of big companies that we had credit lines with. They were all starting to use the acronym. But what they didn't do was hire a lawyer to go trademark it. So we worked with another party who was down the pipe and we actually got the trademark. So for us, you know, we'll see how it goes. But for right now, we own the trademark. We do have the ability, if we want to, to send out the cease and desist letters. We'd like to work with everybody calmly and rationally. The market's huge. There's a great opportunity for everybody. Absolutely. And, you know, we're very excited to be here now. It, it took about a year and a half to get here. That's amazing. That's amazing. So we're at a convention with lots of people that mm -hmm. maybe do the same thing that you do. They're in your space. What makes what you do and what makes Joel different? Well, I like, to, I like to tell everybody I'm the, like, the youngest 58-year-old in America. <laughs> But I've been at the real estate game since 1996. Okay. Like anybody in that game, I've had many bumps and bruises. You know, you don't get this pretty without taking a few punches. Oh, and pretty you are. But, uh, but um, <laughs> all, all kidding aside, a lot of the young people that we work with, they're really great at Excel. And it's not to diminish their talents, their capabilities, their knowledge in that aspect, but they have never really taken a project from start to finish. True. They have never built a building. They've never built a house. They don't know what it looks like. They really can't create their own budgets and expenses for a project. We have that experience. We've done it. I built 185 houses, 60 townhome condominiums. I was the guy signing for the debt, so I know the pain and the joy and success of that. So I can help our clients. I can help them understand their project not better than they can, but for a lot of them, they really do need that extra set of eyes to help guide them. When we first started and you wanted to borrow from us, I used to make you hire me if you'd never done a deal before for $1,000 and I'd walk you through your project start to finish, helping you make sure the contractor didn't steal money from you, making sure you got good prices on equipment and materials, things like that. So I think we can bring a lot of value to people and help them avoid some of the common mistakes that I personally made when I was fixing and flipping early on, you know, before it was a cool thing to do. <laughs> now, I bet that was probably the best thousand bucks that they spent. In the beginning, they probably hemmed and hauled, but then they realized the amazing added value that yes, they got. By some of the people still borrow from us today. And I think, you know, we've become friendly over the years. And yes, you know, we've, we've also done some joint ventures together and I've actually invested with them and owned properties with them. So I, I, I do think it was a good investment. I, I remember calling my partner at the time once and going, I, I can't believe we didn't buy this house. This guy has no idea what he's doing and he cannot lose money. He's guaranteed to make money. My partner's like, Damn. And he has no idea. And he has no idea. No idea. Just, he bought it so good. He did everything you're supposed to do in real estate, which is to buy right. And this guy bought right. Yeah. You know, but it was great. We took him through the project. He made a nice bundle and it was great. He kicked off his real estate investment career. Oh, good for him. That's great. Yeah, that was cool. Um, now, have there been many of those moments where you kick yourself or does that only happen once? And then next time you say, no, no, no. no. I, I, I would tell you one of the biggest mistakes I ever made in real estate. We did a job down in Philadelphia. Okay. So I told you my age already. So I've been around for a while. And everybody in the Philly, greater Philadelphia, Philadelphia markets knows Fishtown. They know Northern Liberties. Well, we bought a property for $60,000 there. Imagine oh how gosh. long ago that must be, right? Oh, my gosh. You know, and I bought the property from two women. I tell this story a lot when we're speaking in front of real estate groups because it's so important to understand your markets and know and figure out ways to do your research quick. Well, I sold the property to two women that wanted to live there as their primary residence for $170,000. Wow. 
we put money in, so we made a little money. We didn't make one hundred ten thousand. I don't want to mislead anybody. You know, we probably made thirty, forty thousand dollars when we were done. But we sold the property to two women, and we know in neighborhoods when the communities come, the values in those neighborhoods tend to go up very consistently, very solidly. The biggest mistake I made was not buying ten more properties immediately there. Yeah. So I, I missed the boat there. I tell that story a lot because I want people to think in unorthodox methods to be able to gain research quickly and help themselves in their real estate ventures. Yeah, and, and sometimes you really have to work on your gut. I mean, you have to you have to go yeah. on that feeling and, yeah. and take those risks. But um, we all know, if you're from the Philadelphia area, we all know the, the Fishtown story. And I think a lot it's of amazing. people... Unbelievable. It's the shoulda, woulda, coulda, in hindsight's 2020. So I think a lot of people... Um, have been in, in that boat before. Yeah. Now, um, you were talking about flipping ha- and I made a joke obviously about HGTV, but has that actually impacted your business? Cause I feel like everybody wants to be a flipper. So when I first started, I would go to a sheriff's sale auction. Most people didn't know what they were mm-hmm. or call real estate agents that had real estate owned properties, right? The REO concept was barely started. That wasn't a specific department inside of a century 21 office yet. And we would say we could buy for cash. You know, we can close really quickly. And we'd also just knock on doors for people. You know, I had a, a young lady like yourself. I'd go out with her and she'd knock on the door. I'd stand just behind the door. So, you know, make sure nothing crazy happened. Because once in a while it does. Okay. And you want to be safe, but we'd get a deal a week. Oh my goodness. And people would call you up. You get one or two phone calls. Either stay away from my house when I'm at home. Or are you serious? And if you got, are you serious? You literally can negotiate the deal in the next 15 minutes and go to closing within two weeks. Now, how many of those calls were, don't ever call me again? Was it was it a split? I would say it's probably 50-50. 50-50, okay. You know, I'd pull up in my little cute minivan, so I wasn't a threatening type guy or any sense, but, you know, not to be overly stereotypical, but a lot of cases, the wife was home with young children. Mm-hmm. You know, I do it in townhome communities in particular because they were, at that time, down, townhome communities in New Jersey and Pennsylvania were really, really slow, right? There was way oversupplied and sure. people were starting to buy single family homes. So you could buy these at, you know, I don't know about the stress, but depressed pricing, which was effective for me because I always could make positive cash flow. And we were getting mortgages at that time at eight and seven eighths, 9% for my 20% down. Mm-hmm. And we still made 20% returns. It was crazy. Oh my gosh. So does that same method still work today? I think some of the best off market deals are from actually foots on the feet on the ground, boots on the ground, and getting out there. A lot of people, people here at the show today are using digital methodology, technology, which is great. But if you're not really prepared to do the work, those deals are not going to you. Sure. Absolutely. And there's nothing like good old conversation after the year we just had. Absolutely. People want to talk to people. People buy from people. We have friends, you know, they drive a beautiful Mercedes, great Porsche. Like, dude, I can't get a deal. I'm like, think about it. You're going up to somebody's house and you're asking them to reduce their price, and they're looking at your car, and it's $140,000. Go buy yourself a three-year-old Honda Accord, drive up, and tell the person, look, I got five deals going. We're a little stretched right now. I can give you this. When we sell the house, I'll give you a few more dollars. Isn't that going to be a better strategy? Absolutely. I mean, mean, they're they're judging before they even speak to you. 100%. If you're rolling up. And a lot of times we're going into neighborhoods that are still in transition, and the people are not comfortable. So, you know, you're approaching them coldly. I mean, you got to make it 
you got to make them feel good. You got to be, you got to resonate with them. You got to be able to touch them and feel them. They got to feel good about you. Absolutely. Pulling up in something like that's not the way not to start. Gonna work. Not going to do it. Huge red flag. Absolutely. So, okay, let's back up a little bit. So, how sure. did you start in this business, and what what made you want to uh, even go down this path? So, I, I started out. I came out of college. I worked for Eastman Kodak in sales okay. in, in New York City, and. I then morphed into, I got lucky. I, I met a young, a young lady at the time through business and her brother was a trader. And I, I always wanted to be a trader on Wall Street. I could only find jobs as a stockbroker and I didn't want to do that. So ironically, his name is Joel as well. And I went to work the for Joel's. Joel. I went to work for Joel as a trader. And when I would commute home, I would read books, uh, autobiographies of really successful, famous families. And there was one theme always, obviously they were rich already, that was one theme, but each family owned real estate. And I grew up, you know, of modest means, like a lot of us, you know, nothing to be ashamed of or, but it also gives you that drive, right? I didn't go to Harvard. So I I wanted to be that. And I thought as I started to do better, if I wanted to be like Mike, do what Mike does, right? So I started to get out there and figure out how to buy real estate. I figured over time, I could amortize it down and build my net worth. You know, it's probably the single most powerful wealth building tool in America for, you know, normal people for lack of a better term. So your first deal, what would you go back and tell the younger Joel what you know now? I mean, was it, did you do well if you were to go back and look at that first deal? Yes, I was very fortunate. Oh, good. Um, But one thing I would definitely do differently is I would tell the people, you gotta remember you don't live there. Mm. Buy last year's granite. Don't buy the single hottest granite model on the floor right now. Sure. You're still giving them a beautiful kitchen. Yes, you don't have to buy the most expensive cabinets. I made some of those mistakes where I got excited. You know, I was so pumped up. I was going to make money and it's going to be beautiful. And when you walked in, you were going to want to buy it immediately. It's amazing. Right, it's great. We got to have it. But you got to balance it out a little bit. Of course. You know, you're trying to make a profit. It's a business. You want to give people good quality product, but you do not need to sell them the single highest quality product and, and make your margins. Absolutely. Um, now, okay. This is a question that I like to ask a lot of people. Um, I love to think about those moments in life. I call them sliding door moments. Those moments that maybe one door opens and you have that choice. Hmm. Do I go this way or do I go this way? Do you have any of those moments in life that you can pinpoint and think about and say, (laughs) okay, yes, that was one of these moments that I, a door was opened. I walked through and it made all the difference. Or maybe the opposite. Maybe something happened and you didn't go through and it made all the difference. So like many real estate people, you know, I definitely have that story that makes your head explode. You know, in the 08 through 10 debacle, I had uh, been through a divorce and at the same time was grossly overexposed in real estate and it got creamed. You know, I lost about $4 million very quickly. Oh, <laughs> that hurts. Joel. Yes. No, that it hurts. definitely leaves a mark mm. for a while. But was, Those are tough years. Yep. Yeah, but... You know, I would say I'm a big believer in education and I've harped on all my children and any young people who will listen to me, you know, always be learning, ABL, always be learning. Right? Always be learning. And I felt that my education gave me the chance to, to be able to be confident in myself to make that comeback. I got an opportunity through somebody, uh, a, a person in the commercial mortgage market space, their partner had quit. I went to talk to them kind of never left the industry and it was very good to me. My, my, you know, ex-wife at the time wanted me to go get a regular job. 
I had a bunch of kids. I had mortgages, ex-wife, and I just, you know, a regular job would have had us all on the street. So I needed the chance to have an unlimited upside job. And without really that education and believing myself, the strength to really push through, I'm not sure I would have got there. And, you know, fortunately, real estate's been good to me. And I, I like to give back to people and talk to young people all the time. It's great when the people are here at the show and you get a chance. I actually met some one young lady from Penn State where I went. So it was kind of cool to be able to talk to her about it. And, Go Nittany Lions. <laughs> yeah, and, and, you know, sort of spread that experience and share that with them and, you know, really keep working towards it. It's great. The people here, the reception has been fantastic. People are really pumped up about the Burr Loans thing. That's great. You know, the opportunity, I think, is just fantastic. Well, and I, th I think you hit on something that is so simple, but people tend to forget that you need to be able to trust yourself and have that confidence. And yeah. Um, be able to, when you have, we're all going to have those moments in life where yes. things just don't work out. And how do you pick yourself back Absolutely. up? Absolutely. I mean, you, we all learn more about somebody when they're down than when they're going great. You know, most people do great pretty well, not always great, but only certain people do down well. And you learn who your friends are. Sure do. You know, that's for sure. You learn what you can really do. And I think if you can stay calm, if you've learned and continue to learn a structured way to think, you'll be able to persevere through those times. Got to maintain your health. You know, you got to take some self-discipline, take care of yourself. That's very important. I've learned that myself over the last years. It's, you know, crucial. Uh, as we get older, unfortunately, we meet more and more people who have health challenges. And, you know, you can't go backwards and take care of that. No, so, you can't. You know, no, you, you want to mix that into everything you're doing because it will enhance everything you do. Absolutely. Um, one last thing to wrap up because I can't not talk about this. So you had asked me, have I ever met anyone who's made a million dollars in five different industries? Now I know a lot of people, but I don't know about five different industries. So we got to talk about that. So <laughs> I didn't know you were going to bring that up. Oh, uh, sorry. Right. So we've been really fortunate. Um, a lot of exposure to a lot of different things. I've been an investor, a private investor, helped raise funds for that. And we've invested in a lot of different companies over the years, a lot of different traders, been trading, owning seats on exchanges. And uh, one of the things that I like to talk about, you know, there's a lot of cool people here younger there than me. There are a lot of cool people and, here. And, you know, some of them know a company called Nixon, Nixon Watches. So we had gentlemen who worked for us. They went to Stanford Business School and they, they met the gentleman who started the company and they came to us with a startup plan. And myself and three of my partners funded it for them. Way to go. So where's and, your, you're wearing a Nixon watch then, right? We usually sport Nixon, yes. <laughs> Nixon is cool. Um, Dave Grohl of Foo Fighters, you know, people like that. Love it. Anyway, um, about four years into it, they'd really been able to execute their plan really well. And they came to us very humbly, I will say, to their credit, and asked us if it'd be okay if they started to entertain offers for the company. My, my partners and I are like, wow, this is unbelievable, right? Is it we, okay? We put up a reasonably yeah, small okay. amount of money, and now they're talking about this. And... Uh, you know, very excitedly, we sold the company to Billabong, which I'm pretty sure everybody knows. That's amazing. Yeah. That is a win-win Yeah, it's situation. unbelievable. So great for you, great for Nixon. The company only Nixon. did better after the sale, too. So the guys did really well. We all did well. And it was amazing just to be part of that. And I'd go into a store and my kids thought it was so cool because it was right there, you know. That's incredible. Yeah, was, now, this so is, this cool is audio. People aren't watching us. Yeah. But if you could see Joel's face right yeah. now, you just lit up. So I'm sure you get energy and inspired by obviously yeah, I, helping I, up a brand like this. And uh, I think all those types of opportunities, even when they don't go right or go perfect, you know, just the people you meet, 
the exposure. I learned tremendous amounts in all those situations, even the ones we lost all our money in, which mm-hmm. was plenty of them, by the way. You know, so one big win like that offsets 20 losses, right? Sure. But, but the exposure and learning, so you could take that forward and also teach other people, you know, that, that's probably the single most and most impactful part of it all. That's great. Yeah, that's cool. That's great. So last thing to wrap up, let's see. So we're, again, we're at this Real Estate Hackers Conference. Um, who are you really trying to reach here? Who are you excited when you set the table up and, and got ready? Who did you say, okay, you know? These are the, the people that we really want to talk to today. Well, for me, you know, the opportunity to get back out on the road after 17 months and speak public and live and be live and actually put pants on when I talk. And, right. You know, I had to make sure my hair Come was my, right. And all actually that put stuff. pants on. What were you wearing before? Do well, I in, dare ask? No, in Zoom, we all had a shirt on top and gym shorts or, you know, sweats or something, right? We didn't, or a tutu yeah, or, we, right. you know. Yeah, you mentioned the, that. A bathing suit. I mean, we suit. didn't really, you know get our full business attire together and yeah. get in that full mindset sometimes, you know, it took a while to get used to it even. It sure did. You know, and being live, there's just nothing better. There you is know, nothing better. Being able to see people in the audience and resonate with them and just feel the vibe of the whole thing. I know it sounds crazy, but we like to start it up with music to get the room going. And Do you have a theme song? Yes. We What's play, your we, theme song? We either go with one of two. We either go Kanye or we go Eminem. Just, okay, I did not. And then, and then I walked you out. You're a Kanye or Eminem guy, but now and, I see it. Right, and then I like people it. like they look at me like, what? It's like you know, where's that coming <laughs> but from? But then you, you own know? it, and then they're yeah, like, absolutely, we okay. have fun with it. Mm-hmm. But it, it, look, it breaks the ice. We're talking to people from all different ages who, even though they're different ages, a lot of them in the room are starting at the same place, year one. Oh, interesting. So you know, you have to have that approach. You know, you're speaking to a lot of different types and experience levels. People looking for second careers. People looking to augment their career. And they want, you know, to share the knowledge. They, they want to hear what you have to say, which is great. I mean, it's amazing to me. The first time I did it and had people come up to me and say, you know, I really appreciate You appreciate it. Think about me. I can't believe yeah. you're even sitting in the room listening to me. You know, it goes back to that education. Awesome. That's so important. No, it's, it's fantastic. It's amazing. So being back here this weekend and getting a chance to do that and then have people come to our booth and talking to us and, you know, we want to do this. We want to do that. You know, please call us. Please take care of this for us. It's great. I mean, taking that all the way through the cycle is awesome. That's amazing. Well, Joel, it was wonderful to sit down and talk with you. I really appreciate the opportunity. I know that we're going to be continuing our conversation offline, but uh, where can people find you? So we can go to Burr, B-R-R-R-R dot loan. That's four R's. Four R's. Ladies and gentlemen. Dot loan. And you'll hit us up on the website. Our phone number in the office is 732-851-6900. And... I always give out my direct cell. It's on Facebook all over the place, but my direct cell is 732-598-0351. And I will answer the phone. My voice mailbox is never full. Thanks, Joel. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. Make sure to subscribe through iTunes or Google Play so you can get notified every time we publish a new episode. And we'd love to hear your thoughts with an honest review on iTunes. Finally, follow us on your favorite social media platforms to keep the conversation going with Josh Carey and today's guest. Until next time.